hello, hello, my lovely parent friends, and apparently we are still friends. And on episode 23 of the Teen and Tween Parenting Podcast, my name is Dr. Nikki Naradin, and I will be your cruise director in this lovely, tempestuous, tumultuous, sometimes calm journey we call parenting. And I'm so glad to be here with you. And today is a really exciting day for me because actually... My lovely, wonderful daughter, Lily, is here with me. Hello. And uh, we're going to do this podcast together because I've been talking to you a lot about ways in which I brought up my children, things that were in my book, things that are on my podcast from before, things that are in my course that I've been actually doing, although Lily might not necessarily agree that I am doing this, but in my mind, at least I think I'm doing it. But I I think it's really great for you to have a young person's perspective. And now Lily's 20 and she's not a teenager anymore, although it is debatable about when they think kind of teen years or teen brain ends or so. But, but I don't know, tell, tell us a little bit about your life and what's going on with you. And then we'll talk about what it was like to grow up with whatever my new theories and thinking and attempts and trials were and are. I'm Lily. I'm 20. I'm currently a college student who goes to UMass Amherst, and I am studying dance there. I'm a BFA student. Um, I'm considering minoring in a bunch of different things. A little bit unsure, kind of in a rocky place right now, but I know that I want to pursue dance um, and I'm also really into singing so I write music I record I have a band I'm in an acapella group um, yeah I just love to make art performing art specifically um, yeah just trying to dance as much as I can live in the moment hang out with friends sing write music I would yeah. say you're kind of living your best life like yeah yeah Lily kind of does everything actually and has a lot of people in her life and a lot of great things going on and you know we went up to her school and saw her perform with her band at a party a house party which you were not really happy to have me at i kind of weaseled my way in there Mm -hmm. lily had said no a few times and and i thought well you want me there i'm like your best ally and as i was walking up the steps to the house some of the students and people that were there were looking at me and definitely thinking that I was somehow coming in to bust something up or it was like a college party where people were really drunk and then there was like you know a 60 minus couple there 60 minus 57 almost yeah 57 62 whatever um (laughs) Yeah, a couple there that was walking in, so people were confused. I I walked in pretty confidently, though. You did. I did. And then they looked at me, and I looked back, and I said, I'm with the band. There's nothing cooler than saying, you're with the band. Yeah. And then I walked downstairs, and your band was performing, and there were a couple hundred people there. Was it a couple hundred? Maybe like a hundred. The number keeps getting bigger every time, in my mind. Yeah just kind of like bouncing back and forth to your music. Yeah. Which is a little bit of my dream because I'm a musician and I have a band and I I maybe have 20 to 50 of my closest friends and family there, but that's about all I can do in New York City. If you had found the college party scene, you would have also had a lot of random drunk people (laughs) walking to your music, so. 
I mean, I kind of like random drunk people bopping to my music. Oh, okay. You know, but you might have 30,000 random drunk people bopping to your music Maybe. at some point. It's not a place to really appreciate the subtleties of, like, the lyricism or the musicianship, <laughs> you know? And, like, I love songs that get small and then big and grow, and there isn't a lot of... The scene is not for the small songs. Like, I really love songs that make you want to cry and, like, release your emotions. And this releases my emotions in a different way by, like, getting really passionate and loud. And it's fun. But, yeah, I wouldn't say it's really, like, in your feels music. No. (laughs) No. All right. So, I mean, my music had some subtleties, but I think I might have gotten rid of the subtleties for a bunch of drunk people bop into my music maybe interesting all right well i just kind of wanted to ask you questions about what your life was like growing up what your teen years were like um i'm putting her on the spot and i'm sure she's really pleased i know you really wanted to do this with me mm-hmm. now <laughs> yeah well, this week we've had COVID, or my mom didn't have COVID. We just got out of isolation or quarantine. And for some reason, I just, I can't hide my emotions anymore. Like, a lot of things that I felt like I could be nice about or, like, give, I just can't anymore. I don't know why. And I'm not against that, honestly. Like, I think it's great to speak my mind. And I definitely got to do that as a teenager. Yeah, I was very supported in every endeavor that I took and went on. Um it was untraditional sometimes, but like I felt like you were letting me find my path and do my own thing, which was great. And when I you say untraditional, what do you mean? There wasn't much rules or structures. Like the only thing that was very clear was like you don't lie to me about like where you are, kind of. And I remember there was this one time that um, you probably remember this too, but I went to this party and I told my mom that I was sleeping over at my friend's house and I was but I also went to this party even though she said that I couldn't go to the party and then like for several days it was just eating me up inside just because like I'd lied to you and so I told you the truth and then you asked me what I thought my punishment should be (laughs) I was just wondering because I wasn't really that upset I just felt so guilty I was like it was eating me alive which I mean guess I guess that means you did something right because I felt really bad about lying to you um and that's kind of been like our only I guess you could say rule it's like you can do basically whatever you want but be honest with me and I find that my friends that had really strict parents were not only doing what I was doing if not much crazier like a lot of people were way crazier than I was but they just were lying about it and so their parents like really didn't know where they were like what dangerous situations they were in not that you knew exactly where I was all the time you had some general sense and I really wasn't in like that crazy dangerous situations that I didn't want to tell you um but some of my friends definitely if they got like really way too drunk and were throwing up or something like they wouldn't call their parents like that's the last thing that they would want to do they would want to go to the hospital or like tough it out for days I mean you were kind of a person that was helping your friends that were yeah you know that were in trouble or you know um we all helped each other Uh uh-huh I had a few moments where I needed help. I remember a couple of those. Oh, and they they gave you some help? Mm -hmm. You don't know all of them. I don't know all of them? Okay. I never asked to know all of them. Like, I never was very insistent on knowing exactly where you were. I mean, I kind of trusted you. You know, I liked your friends, and I knew most of your friends. Most of your friends were here quite a bit. 
in my mom's mind, like, our house was where we everyone went and blah, 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 blah. Like, That's true. It that wasn't always the case. It wasn't always the case? You no. don't think there were, like, people here every weekend? There were people here quite a bit, but I was also elsewhere quite a bit. I don't remember you being elsewhere yeah, as much. in your mind. <laughs> in my mind, she was only in this house. Yeah. Where else were you? I went to Eleanor's all the time. Eleanor's mom's. Right. I mean, you were at Eleanor's mom, but I always knew you were there. Like, I didn't think there was... I didn't think you were other places that I didn't know. Sometimes we would, like, go to parties and go back. Yeah, no, I wasn't really... Yeah. My different friend groups hung out at different places. Like, my school friends, definitely we hung out here more. But with my camp friends, we hung out at Yazzie's the most. And, like... Right. But you guys would come here, like, first and then go to Yazzie's or stay over Yazzie's. Like, you like staying over there for whatever reason. Sometimes. Mm. Well, they have a fancy latte machine. Oh, they have a fancy... <laughs> So you stayed there for the fancy latte machine? I was like, So oh everyone, no, no to self, this. fancy yeah. latte machine to get your teens over. They have the kind that, like, you put the coffee grounds in the little thing that you hold, and you, like, lift it up, and then you turn it to the right, and then you just press single or double shot, and then it has, like, the milk steamer attached to it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Pretty hardcore. I know. I know. That sounds really good. No, if I had known that, because I never knew that the draw was the latte machine. It wasn't. That's a more recent edition. Uh-huh. They also had a really nice dog. Was the draw the dog? I know the dog passed away. Recently. No, the draw was not the dog. Okay. At okay. all. No. Not the dog I... just came with a lot of extra labor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we always had to walk the dog. Wait, so you went back to Yazzie's house because she had to walk the dog? Or no. you always had to walk the dog? So well, extra labor for you. Yeah. Oh. Did you mind that or no? Mm-hmm. You did? Yeah. If I wanted a dog to walk, we would have a dog. Well, we almost. We did almost have a dog. Yeah. You want to tell the dog story? You can tell. Oh, my God. So this is how I know the story, but I do love having Lily here because then she'll tell me whether the story happened that way or not. But my <laughs> understanding of the story... In her mind. In my mind was that they went to the North Shore Animal League one weekend when I was away. And that's true. Yeah, she was away. I was away. And I got a picture on my cell phone with my son, Adam, holding a cute little puppy. And it said, could we keep him? You always frame it like this. Is that <laughs> not true? My mom went away and was like, we were like, can we look at some dog litter gone? She was like, yeah, sure. I don't remember that part. You were asked. Oh, you were asked. I we don't were, remember. So we go, and then we find them that we like, but we found them we're kind of attached to, and we're like, hey, mom, like, what do you think? Like, can we get this one? And my mom said, okay. So we were like, all right. We brought her home. Next thing we know, mom's home, kicking and screaming, like, I have this big life. Like, I don't need a dog, blah, 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 blah. That was like another 15 years that I was going to be home yeah, with a dog. A, I'm so And you guys were like, ready to leave. Like, you were going to go away for the summer. Yeah. I mean, I would have ended up we with the dog. We very much were like, we'll do everything. But of course, the dog was like very attached to my mom very quickly. And I was going Because I was the, the one that was feeding the dog. Yeah. I was the one that was walking the dog. And I was also the one that was training the dog. No, we had a lady come. Once. <laughs> once. <laughs> once. I bought like 10 books. I remember she had brought, she had like chicken that looked really nasty in a Ziploc bag. Ew. It wasn't, I don't remember how it was We cooked. weren't even vegan then, just so you know. Oh my God. I know. I know. 
glad you need to share with everyone everything. Nobody even knows that I'm vegan in this podcast. So now they do. Now they do. Well, okay. we're vegan because of you. Oh my god. I know, I did it again. Anyways, I think this chicken was like boiled. It just looked really bland. It was just... <laughs> it was like Mystic deserves better than that chicken. Oh, but, but the chicken for the dog. Yeah. I thought she yeah. was eating it herself. <laughs> From the ziplock? From the ziplock. No. <laughs> She's like, sorry, one second, Mystic. I'm a little hungry. <laughs> With snack. No. The dog's name was Mystic. Yeah. That was my brother's <coughs> choice. I wanted it to be Cashew, but I thought that was really cute. Cashew is cute, but then you'll feel like you're sneezing every time you say her name. Like, Cashew! Come mm-hmm. here! I think you made that joke probably 15 times 10 years ago when we had a dog. Really? Only 15? It might have been more than that. <laughs> and then the dog's name was Magic. Oh, for really? a little yeah and then it was mystic for like a few days before she got returned <laughs> so what ended up happening is that you know it was clear to me that i was going to be taking care of the yeah. dog and everybody was going about their life and ready to go away and and people were going to go to college in the next you know couple of years adam and you know five, yeah. in five years or so and i didn't want to be with the dog the whole time and so well uh, on day 29 just because it was a 30-day kind of return it's a no-kill shelter to this particular shelter without having to do a readoption, and so on day twenty nine, I put the dog in in her crate in the back seat of the car and drove her back with my husband with Ted right next to the dog crying and the kids telling yeah. me they'd never talk to me again. I'm so happy we don't have this dog. No, I know it was like the best. At, but that's it was like, an amazing decision. I know, but it was a hard one. Yeah, because... I don't even like dogs anymore. <laughs> I really, everyone knows me as like the dog hater, which is seriously. Oh and my god! I don't actually hate dogs. I just don't like dogs as much as everyone else that's like obsessed with any dog anywhere, anytime. I'm just like, if I don't have a connection to the dog, then you don't really care. I feel like they're cute and all, but uh-huh. I just <laughs> part of it is I feel like the dog takes some of the attention away from the humans. Right. That's like, true. When you're having a conversation and there's like something barking and running and like it's distracting because people are always trying to tame their dogs, mm, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah. Ruby, stop! Ruby, <laughs> Ruby! And they're like, okay, like, let's refocus on me now. You know? <laughs> it's about me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you remember when I would like not treat you like a puppy, but it wasn't like I was treating you like a puppy, but I was doing this experiment where every time I walked out of the room and then I walked back in, even if it was like five seconds later, I greeted you the same way a dog would greet a human when they walked out of the room and walked back. So, you know, you would walk out and then you'd walk back and I'd be like, hi, how are you? It's so good to see you. And I did that for years until you were like, I'd say between 12 and 14, and you were like, Mom, you have to stop this. But I just thought, if a puppy could do that, then I should do that for my children. And it was really kind of fun for me. I don't remember that. Mm. I remember being greeted like that a lot, but I don't remember it being after I left for five minutes. It could have been five minutes. It could have been a day. It could have been. I just, it was like a decision that I was going to be as excited to see you, you know, as a non-human animal would be. Yeah. But then at some point you just told me It was me to a good stop. contrast because I'd be like, hey, dad. And he'd be like, word. <laughs> <laughs> Not much excitement there. Yeah. Well, you know, Ted, Lily's dad, my husband doesn't get that excited when he sees people no and it gets a little confusing at times no it's not confusing no you just you're making stuff up again i'm making stuff up again what else do i make up oh my god i'm sure you're loving this you're like my podcasters are gonna know that i'm not perfect too no that's not just want
want them to have like a clear picture of reality. Like, yeah. like in my mind, this is what I've done. And I mean, I think you you think that you've had a good childhood from what you've yeah, told me. Yeah, I think I've had a really good childhood. And that we have a really wonderful relationship. We do. You know, and a wonderful relationship that's not completely codependent on each other. Yeah. Like, you have a really big life outside of this family and me. Right. And I have a big life outside this family and you. But we're really, really connected. Yeah. You know, and so why do you think that happened that way? I don't know. I think... It's someone, like, eternal that you can always call and count on. That, like, I knew you were always going to be on my side no matter what. Mm. Like, I'm not saying that you didn't give me, like, tough love. It Like, oh, I don't think this is super right. That, that didn't make a lot of sense. It's like, this thing that you did, I'm not sure if it was the right move or whatever. You would help me come to that conclusion on my own. But you would never judge me, and I was never scared that you weren't going to love me, even if I did something wrong. Mm. Like, I always knew you were going to be... By my side, like if I ever need to call anyone or feel lonely or anything like that, like I know I can always talk to you. Mm. And I feel like other people's parents sometimes get cold with them or like get confused or if I like not acted out, but if I was having big feelings, like you wouldn't be confused by it. You would know that it didn't mean anything about my love for you. And in turn, you could truly always show your love for me, which I think was very helpful and influential and it doesn't mean that I don't have flaws and my mom doesn't have flaws and you know but I my self-proclaimed always best friend when I talk to other people is you Mm. so yeah I think you're my like built-in best friend I mean I feel really fortunate to be your built-in best friend because I'm always attempting to be your built-in best friend in a way no I don't mean that just like um just because I really love being in your presence and I love you so incredibly much and I I want your life to go so well right that I I I feel like I've I've made a decision to try to figure out how to stay as close and connected to you as possible and to be there whenever you needed someone there that no that doesn't mean I'm there all the time I mean I think you guys know that I've recently taken a job in Alaska for the past year and I know that's not been easy for you because I can't be as available as easily and quickly yeah a lot of it is you can't be as available also like I have a lot of shows and she can't come to most of them Um, my dad comes to all of them whether Mm -hmm. he's excited about them or not which is really sweet Mm -hmm. Um, but you can't see them all you can't support me and also like for one week out of the month when she's in Alaska she's in this remote village that doesn't even have like running water it's an island actually and I can't really contact her when she's there like there's no service or anything like that there's so. really bad connectivity there. yeah so yeah. for that week like I don't know what if I'm really upset or like sometimes I'll call my mom and like talk about it or whatever we do but I can't even call her during that time that's been hard mm. yeah yeah so so it, it is amazing to me that that we do have that relationship and we still have our independent lives mm-hmm. And that we get upset at each other sometimes, too. Like, this past week, the family's been quarantining because um, everybody tested positive. And I found out about it about a day before I came home from Alaska. And I had to figure out a place to be. And I really kind of dug my heels in about, you know, me wanting to come home, that I wanted to be in the house, and that you guys are the ones quarantining. And I felt really put out. And, And Lily really, like said to me she's like mom i know you're having big feelings about this but it doesn't make sense for us to all be quarantining in one room while you have run of the house 
And I definitely was working on my feelings of feeling left out because there are my two kids in the house, our roommate who we love and Ted, their dad, and they sounded like they were having this really great time. Like every time I called, they were cooking and they were dancing and they were doing whatever and watching a movie. And for me, I feel like I could be left out in a heartbeat. And I was almost willing, and I was willing to come and stay here, put myself at risk, have them like have a small mystery life so that I didn't feel that bad so I had to really but I work don't on think that. it would have actually made you feel better that was the thing I think that's why I was so against it it was like you're acting out of what you think would make you more included but truly I think it would make everyone more isolated right 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 yeah and that made sense but it took a while so I, I do have feelings and we've spoken about this before that you know every time you have children it's the fast track back to whatever your early childhood was and so you know at these ages I definitely didn't feel included I didn't feel particularly thought about well or really loved unconditionally so probably weren't and I wasn't yeah I don't mean that in a mean way that like you did no no I didn't I I wasn't and so You know, so all of us have the feelings that we're bringing up, especially when we're raising kids. And as long as we're always working on them, you know, still talking about them, you know, doing whatever thought downloads we do. And, you know, if you've taken my course, you'll, you know, see the self-coaching model and so on. But there's a lot that you can do in order to make sure that you have things in place for when you have big feelings like that. And luckily, Lily, you know, we you know, Lily got to show a lot of big feelings without me being really confused when she was younger and can tell when I'm having big feelings and also can hear them and listen to them and not get upset all the time with them. Sometimes you might get upset, Mm -hmm. you know. I think it's also, I was saying like this week, I don't know, not that my like empathy or sympathy card is gone, but I really am saying what I believe is true and not being sorry about it in a Mm -hmm. way that I didn't, haven't done in my life I probably a lot of it is due to sexism and growing up as like a female and there's just so many louder voices in the room and even that thing when you're young and you say something and then a boy says it right after and everyone's like wow such a good idea or like that was so smart and you literally just said the same thing I feel like women do that a lot but um this week I just I have not I would literally say to that person I'd be like I just said that and mm. not and so I feel like with you it didn't make sense coming home I usually would be more sorry about it and I did feel bad like that you were hurting so much I could see that and I felt that but I also was so clear on what made sense and also was being sticking my heels in the dirt about it I was like this is what makes sense and like you can have whatever feelings you need to have but you need to work on that on your own time it's not fair of you to project it onto us right and I think it's probably not fair as adults to have your children take care of your worries and your problems and whatever I don't know if you have thoughts about that but um I think not that this is a power structure but when people are in a higher sort of powered position they need to have people that are taking care of their feelings but it can't be the people that they're taking care of mm-hmm. otherwise those people can't truly rely on them this way I think Mm. if I was taking care of your feelings all the time which I do have to sometimes but I call you out on it yeah most of the time yeah Yeah. I'm like why are you so hurt like I didn't say anything wrong right right but you get defensive about it sometimes Uh sometimes I get defensive but I think okay but keep explaining what you mean about yeah because I think that's a really great point yeah um 
like if I was so worried about taking care of my mom's feelings all the time or if what I was gonna say would hurt you or how fragile you maybe were in the situation that I couldn't truly show you how I was feeling or get to work on what I was feeling with you because there would be some sort of like precaution about it or caution about it, not precaution. Right, you'd have to be really careful. Yeah. So I couldn't take care of your feelings because you would worry about my feelings. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Or you couldn't take care of my feelings in the biggest way that they probably needed to come out. Right. And I feel like that's the biggest thing with the parent-child relationship is that the parent... When you're having a kid, you're signing up to say that I'm going to be your number one person, your number one fan, your number one person thinking about you. And your child gets to think about you too, but in a different way. Like I didn't sign up to be your child. It just happened and it was amazing, but I didn't choose to take on that kind of, I don't want to say burden, but like... Or the caretaking role. Caretaking role, right. And right. if I have kids one day, which I want to, like that is me making that vow to them that I will be that for them but I didn't make that to you if that made sense yeah that totally makes sense and I definitely made a vow to you in a different way to like think about each other and like have good times and try and be kind and like to love you so fully and to share honestly and openly but they're very different things right right and the loving fully, like, like I think part of it is that I have to just assume that you love me fully and that I am just the right mom for you, right. even if you show me your big feelings and hard stuff. Right, totally. Yeah, and that's a hard one, I think, for people to do, you know, to remember that, that the only place that your kids might be able to show you anything, you know, will be to you, like the only place they can show anything, right. because they can't really show it at school and they can't right. really show it in the outside world. I mean, some people do that. Right. You know, I definitely treat my family, I don't want to say worse, but with my most honest, open self right. rather than like how I feel I need to have this guard up with other people or not a guard. I don't really have a guard. Up but with you're people, very but careful with other people. You're really kind to yeah, them. I'm really kind to them because I want to be and I care about them. But also there's like a little part of me that's like, I know that I need to be deserving of this friendship and that of their love. And that's being a good friend. And mm -hmm. That still is authentically me, but I guess I don't even have the like negative thoughts that I might have towards the family because I don't even allow those to be a part of the picture. So you don't way. allow the negative thoughts about your friends and the people like your chosen yeah, family. Yeah, mm -hmm. kind of. They just don't happen in the same way. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I haven't really thought about that. But Interesting. Yeah. It's not like I'm actively holding back all these mean things that I'm thinking, you know? Right, right. But if someone is annoying me, I probably wouldn't be like... <laughs> Shutting them down really quickly. Yeah. Uh huh. Although there are some people you definitely might shut down quickly if they're annoying you. Not too many? I don't think so. Mm. I would maybe shut them down in a way of like not hanging out with them that much or walking away or, or something like that. But I I definitely listen. Uh -huh. I think. I try to. Uh huh. Because oh. I want that in return. Okay. That sounds really great. I also think. Uh, last thing I'll say. No, no, like say as many things as you want. No, okay. I don't, I just, you know, I don't want to, you know, Lily has things to do and I'm so happy that you're doing this with me. So very late at night, very late at night. And I we just cried to 27 dresses. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't know if you guys have seen 27 dresses, but if you've got daughters and you want to see it and even sons, yeah, I was going to say, them, what is that? Oh my God. I know that's really bad. Sorry. If you so have children, 21st century mom. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But if you have children, 27 dresses was really fun. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. We've seen it quite a few times. Yeah. <laughs> we have a couple of go-to quite a few movies. I wouldn't say it's one of our go-tos. No, that one isn't. But other ones are definitely go-tos. Yeah. We recently, tonight, we got a login to HBO Max. Uh-oh. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, don't, I was going to say, don't tell HBO. <laughs> the log's up. But, um, so we were just exploring all the new things that we get to watch now, which is really exciting. Very exciting. Um, I was going to say, though, that not every parent-child relationship has like in it. Like, um, we are just lucky enough that, like, we love each other and we like each other. Like, mm-hmm. as a person, like, I really enjoy being around you. And that even if your child doesn't like you, that shouldn't be confused for them not loving you. Like, they're totally different things. Oh, that's really interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think that you could get them to like you in any way? Or is that something you have no control over? Do you know what I mean? Um... You could get them to like you, I think, by exhibiting, like, the things that anyone wants in a friend. Like, someone who listens, someone who isn't super controlling, someone who doesn't tell you what to do all the time. Like, tough love is definitely important, too. But I think if a child doesn't like their parent, it's for some reason. Like, sometimes they're just super incompatible, which is okay, too. Mm. But, um, yeah. There's nothing wrong with not having that like. It's probably harder to get super close, but as long as the child and the parent knows that there is that love, Mm. then I think it's okay. That's interesting. Because I'm trying to think about, like, how you become somewhat compatible. Like, you know, I was thinking about this new book that I'm writing about having fun and how you have fun together. So even if you don't have a lot in common, there might be a way in which you could play together. Do you think that might be helpful? Or I I found that really helpful for us. We are constantly playing. We're playing cards. We're playing some kind of game at some point. Yeah. Even in the car, we're playing different games. I think that games aren't actually just for the game's sake. Like, they're a catalyst for, like, laughter and and other conversation that surrounds it Mm -hmm. like i think we play this game called code names which i love and or what just be louder louder. yeah thank you um this game called code names which we all love and it's a game where you have to make up clues to connect words together and you kind of get to show your personality and your creativity through it and then we like laugh at how ridiculous a clue was and while someone's thinking we're talking and we like hurry them up and we'll put on a timer for feeling extra feisty and so there's all that extra stuff that comes around it that isn't actually about the game that I think is what's so special about games and playing right um and we're not that we're 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 committed to playing hard yeah but we're not that committed to winning because if we don't win we're not flipping out. Oh, no, no, no. We want to get win, me wrong. And we want to be yes. competitive. Yes. I feel like fake competition is three quarters of the fun. Uh-huh. Like, I don't actually, actually care if I win that much, but it's so much more fun to act like I care so much and talk shit and, like, oh, can I curse? Yeah, you could totally curse. Oh, okay. And to, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, talk shit and do whatever I want then to just be like, meh, I'm like not to not be invested, you know? Mm-hmm. So me being super invested and in all of those things are invested is one of the most important things. And I'm a big fan of cheating, but <laughs> I am, but not to win in a way that it makes it more fun for everyone. Like what kind of cheating do you mean? Like in code names, again, I was talking about like making up words that probably aren't hyphenated, but <laughs> 
can be for the moment or uh-huh. saying stuff like you really got to open your mind before right, right, you right, right, right. And stuff. right. think funny. like me or yeah. you know, something it's like that funny and, and it like really brings people together if it's right. cheating just to like secretly cheat and win like, everyone knows i'm cheating mm-hmm. i'm like known as the cheater and i don't mind i think it's fun mm-hmm. or in bananagrams making up words too i love making up words yeah yeah part of that is i cannot spell for the life of me so <laughs> i don't know that i'm making them up but that's okay right 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 but you seem to embrace that like that doesn't bother you or make you feel bad no Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. Because I don't feel looked down upon, even though like everyone else in my family is better at word games, better at like crossword puzzles and stuff like that. You're pretty good at card games. Yeah, I'm okay. I my brother and dad really have this strategy thing. They do have strategy. They like are seven steps ahead. Me and my mom are like, hmm, like that's Let's play our cards. That seems like an okay option. I guess we'll do that. Right, right, right. And we played this game called Hearts. Yeah. Um, we played hearts throughout. We traveled yeah. around China. Yeah. We had a running hearts game. Yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. I think sometimes, though, I didn't want to play. Like, it bothered me. And I would say, like, can we not right now? Just because it is distracting a lot of the time. Like, it, it people put that in for a lot of awkward, like, silence or conversation, like, deep mm. conversation. Because it's distracting. But it's so important, I think, to have some awkward silence mm. and it doesn't mean anything bad it doesn't mean you don't have things to talk about it's just awkward silence is hard for me but right it exists it is really hard though but we also have other people in the family that need to be doing something at yeah, every moment like they can't saying. sit kind of quietly and have right. that awkward silence or still in any way yeah. so part of it was we had the cards because that would keep you know adam and daddy more right occupied. and that's why i would be like sometimes like we'd be sitting for two minutes at a restaurant and like people would think we'd maybe starting to get bored like want to play cards and i'm like no like right right let's just be quiet here for a minute yeah yeah i mean i grew up in a house that had a lot of noise all right. the time and everybody needed some distraction because i think they felt like like life was intolerable in some way. So I don't know about you guys, but the TV in my house growing up was on 24 seven and really loud and in many rooms, which I just found so overwhelming and so oppressive in a certain way. We tried not to have the TV on too much. I think with all the electronics and technology, it's hard to not be yeah. plugged in. I get on my brother and dad a lot about that. Like we went on a family trip to Alaska and I was like, we need to talk about phone time. And we set rules that you only have 30 minutes a day, but you can take it whenever you want. And you have to like spread it out if you want to, or you can take all 30 minutes. We yeah. kind of got intense about it. Um, and it went well. Yeah. And also here, it's just really easy for them to disconnect and zone out. And yeah. I really don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's me projecting onto them, but... Mm-hmm. That's okay. <laughs> About the disconnection and zoning out. Yeah, like, it is their decision if they want to do that. Right, you know? right. But there's a way in which, like, because I see you guys, and I think that was part of the reason why I wanted to be here so badly during the quarantining, is that you guys did figure out how to connect. Yeah, sometimes, but there also was a lot of zoning out, being in our own rooms, disconnecting. Right. There was that, but there was some way in which you always got back together. Yeah, but you didn't, you didn't see the, like, many hours of the day that wasn't, the fun part. No, I didn't see it. I only thought that there was a fun part. It's like looking at right. Facebook when somebody's just putting up their best moments. Right. All I could see was the best moments and right. I knew I wanted to be there. Right. Or I was missing something or that you guys didn't love me anymore or something like that. Mm. 
Yeah, it's like, that's a you problem. All it's of a, that. totally a me problem. Just so you know, she doesn't have to take care of that. And you didn't. Like, no, you didn't I feel really obligated to, to no. take care of that at all. Which is good because I actually ended up having a really great week. So I used that week. Luckily, I had friends, so I had places to stay. You know, I had people to go to. And I used that week to visit everybody that I might not have had the chance to visit if I was with my family more just because I wanted to pay more attention to them. So I saw friends that I didn't, you know, get the chance to see before. I went to my parents. We went to the casino. So I did a lot of great things. So part of me felt really bad, like I was somehow exiled. And then the other part felt like I had a staycation. So I had to negotiate the two parts. It was so interesting because she was not exiled in any way. Right. We were not like, we don't want you to come home. It was like, we literally have COVID. Right. This they makes all tested no positive. sense. Right, right. So and still in my mind, I know I was exiled. Yeah. 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 So it's amazing how I could have decided to think about it in two ways. And I did think about it in two ways, but mostly I thought about it in a positive way. After a few days. After a few days. <laughs> well, also when I come back from Alaska, I basically am flying all day. I'm completely jet lagged. I generally haven't slept. It really took me a day or two for me to like start being able to think again and to sleep. So yeah. I think that was part of it. Totally. I couldn't figure it out. So remember that about yourselves too, that you give yourselves a break if you're really, really tired or if things are hard and then keep coming back and revisiting whatever you need to revisit again. And, and don't feel bad about talking about it again or apologizing or really trying to figure out what makes sense. You can always pivot and try something different. Okay. So I think that's what we got for you today. I'm so glad and I feel so lucky to have my wonderful daughter, Lily, the mm -hmm. fantastic, the wonderful, the great here. And just to have you guys share, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. I want to make as big an impact as possible. Share it with your children as well, with your young people, so that they can hear Lily's perspective and another way to do it. I know that I had one friend who had read my book, who she read to her family the book, and they said, Mom, you don't do that. You need to do that. And so they started helping Erica. her. Yeah, somebody in Laura, in uh, somebody in Nome. So wow. it, it's really something that you can do together. It's not only a you thing, even though luckily as parents, we have the ability to change things really, really quickly. And we have the insight to do it, the interest to do it, and we could definitely do it. So subscribe, like, rate, review, and share, and then go and buy my book, Shut Up and Act Dumb, A Parent's Guide to Staying Close and Connected to Your, your teens. teens and Teens. Teens oh. and Tweens. Oh, no! Oh! teens and tweens or tweens and teens and then when you're ready and when you're interested in taking a deeper dive which I know you will because this is going to be a great year your teens are going to be probably with you a lot depending on whether you're going virtual or not and you're going to want to stay as close and connected as possible and you'll sign up for my six steps to stop worrying boot camp at drnickynarodin.com there are so many wonderful bonuses in that particular program, all reasonably priced, and I have it right out there for you. All right, take care. Love you. I know. I was like, Lily's like, she's selling that. You're such a salesperson. I know, but oh I really God. want you guys to have this. Like, I made this as inexpensively, as available, as easily technologically there as I could possibly make it just to keep well, spreading. Well, then there needs to be support for the parents too. Do you have like a group? 
I do. There's a Facebook group. It's the Shut Up and Act Dumb Facebook group. And also, I'm doing office hours for my course. So if you sign up for the course... You should also make little pods or something. Little pods? Yeah. I should definitely make little pods. Yeah. That All way right. they can talk about their experiences if enough people will sign up. Well, I definitely want that. Like, you know, that that's the purpose, though, to have a supportive community. Word. All right. All right, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.